In light of the saddening and tragic news regarding residential schools in Canada, we would like to issue a content warning for this episode arc. Though these episodes were recorded in January and have no direct affiliation, these episodes do contain content regarding searching for a body and a gravesite. Listener discretion is advised. We at the Fantasy Fantasia podcast stand with the Indigenous peoples of Canada. Hi there, and welcome to the Fantasy Fantasia podcast, a podcast where a bunch of theater nerds gather around and play various tabletop role-playing games, such as Dungeons and Dragons, Monster Hearts, Monster of the Week, Call of Cthulhu, and more. This podcast was brought to you by the Arts, Culture, and Heritage Fund of the City of Windsor, so big thanks to them. My name is Eric, and I will be your MC for tonight's episode of Undergrad, a Monster Hearts tale. Previously on Undergrad, a Monster Hearts tale. Dr. Egan was infuriated that her ritual-created serum was unsuccessful in banishing the vampirism infection. In her whirlwind of emotions, she fed on Dr. Renner and hypnotized him to forget. Only this time, it didn't work. Dr. Renner kept his memory of the events and left confused and concerned. Evelyn chose to finish decoding Coffee Bob's journal. She discovered that Coffee Bob did what he did to shut the campus down. Clearly something much more sinister is brewing at the campus, and the AV Club find themselves at the center of it. Zack has decided to leave the AV Club. His trust in them shattered due to Egan's attempted hypnotism. He chose to connect back with Alexis. They rekindled their loving friendship, and Zack decided to come clean to her about all the mysteries on the campus. Finally, Iris and Kane began to rebuild their relationship. Throughout the night of their date, they remembered and rekindled their immense love for each other. Though, it was Iris's turn to keep a secret. She vowed at Abel's gravesite that she would banish the demon from the campus once and for all. Sergeant Bull Steele expressed his desire to uncover what the group was up to, which summoned to his aid none other than Kane's demon bestie. How will they get out of this mess? Let's find out on Undergrad, a Monster Hearts tale. Chapter 25, Freedom of the Press. Our camera opens on a scanner working overtime. You see that there is a big stack of papers that it's been printing out seemingly for hours. Our camera then jumps to a gymnasium full of people. And these people seem to be wearing these volunteer numbers and kind of gathering in groups and clusters. And then our camera jumps right after that to a well-dressed couple sitting in some sort of back room watching a press conference on TV. We cut back to the office with the scanner and a young rookie cop grabs the large stack of, out of the copier and begins to hand out the one piece of paper to every cop within that bullpen. And they all kind of collect and you can see that they're getting ready to go outside. They're all throwing on their jackets and gloves, uh, seemingly getting ready for something. We jump back to the gymnasium. A student with a reflector jacket and a loudspeaker goes, Okay, everyone, we're going to begin the sweep of the woods. Thank you for everyone who's donated your time and your boats to look over over the lake and break up the ice. That's really helpful. Thank you. We'll be getting in five minutes. Just grab some hot cocoa if you need it. It's going to be a cold one out there. Thank you, everyone. We jump back to the well-dressed couple. 
as a secretary of some sort approaches them and says, Mr. and Mrs. Granfield, uh, they're ready for you now. And the well-dressed couple in probably about their 60s stand up and walk down a gray hallway. And when they enter this room, they're just hit with so much noise and so many camera flashes and paparazzi. And you see Captain Fox Holly is standing at a podium and she says, that will be all from the law enforcement end. Thank you very much. We would like to bring forward the missing students' parents. And you see the well-dressed couple walk up to the podium. We jump back to the bullpen as the officers are handing out this piece of paper and you see now that they're handing out an image of Abel Granfield. And it says, missing for more information, call. And that's what they all have as the cops uh, get ready. And uh, you see a office door open and he has to duck his head down because he's so massive. Out comes Bull Steel. <laughs> Bull Steel has a few new promotional badges on it. Looks like he's gotten his own office now. Oh. Uh, his office reads Head of Special Investigations. Ooh. All right, listen up. And the bullpen goes fucking silent. And they all look at Bullsteel in awe and terror in equal parts. <laughs> My sources tell me that we have a great chance of finding Abel today. The evidence leads to this 10 to 15 acres being the prime area. Don't leave anything unexplored and make sure the volunteers are being thorough. You're dismissed. And all the cops stand up and frantically walk out as they begin their search. And you see that Bullsteel enters back into his office. And last time we saw Bullsteel, the other group, I told you that he, like, you know those, like, red string fucking boards, oh, yeah. like the cork boards, right? He, he, he had, um, he had one that kind of, it seemed to have, like, Molly Molly on it and, and Travis and j just a few people that were kind of related to this drug op. But you see now that the board has grown exponentially and you see that there there are strings that like lead up to vice president don dean um you you see that there's even a string of, of a picture of of uh the missing missing vice president silver tree that the campus has been eerily silent on but you see like it's it's there and it's just massive board involving so many people coffee josh is on there coffee bob is on there oh, it's this massive conspiracy that he has kind of all laid out and he's pondering it very silently and he hears from behind him, are you gonna let me go? And he turns around and you see that in a chair in front of his desk is somebody handcuffed with their arms behind, handcuffed behind the chair, uh, a middle-aged man looking very terrified. Our camera jumps back up to the gymnasium full of people and you see police enter the gymnasium. They go, all right, everyone come with me. Group A and you're group B, group C. And they have sniffer dogs as the gymnasium empties out into the Oakhurst uh, quad. And you see that like there are several hundred people out here looking for Abel. We jump back to Bull Steel sitting in his office, now sitting on his desk, looking at this man tied up in his chair and he goes so we've tracked Abel Granfield's location up to and including Christmas Eve at 7 p.m. our sources say that you were working that night as a snowplower yes um yeah yeah I want you to tell me exactly what you saw. Hey, I, I just saw that there, there was this guy and the girl making like snowmen and, 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 and I, I kind of helped them out. And it was kind of fun and God damn it. And Bullsteel like picks him up from the chair by one hand and lifts him up about three feet off the ground and looks at him and says, I am not in the mood to be fucked with. 
What else did you see? Did you see this boy? There were only so many on campus. God damn it, tell me. And he looks at Abel's picture and fear, maybe it's fear that kicks off his recognition. Maybe he's just so terrified his senses are heightened, this this snowplow guy. And he says, uh, yeah, hey, hey, you know what? I I think I did see him. There was some some kid kind of shouted, hey, hey, Abel. And and they, they like walked down an alleyway. I don't know. It looked like they were doing a drug deal or drinking or something. I don't know. Bullsteel says, that'll do fine. Thank you. And just like throws him out the door. And, ah! He kind of flies through the door and lands on the ground. And he's still handcuffed. So he like inchworms his way on the floor out of the office. As Bullsteel closes his window and stares back at the board. And when Bullsteel turns around, you see that there is a tiny boy who is in uh, a school uniform with glowing green eyes. Oh, oh, no. And the the demonic bestie of Kane looks at Bull Steel and says, Well, I think tonight's going to be very interesting. <laughs> and Bull Steel says, This had better work. It's been too damn long. Oh, don't worry, says the boy with the green glowing eyes. The time is very near indeed. And his smile kind of grows as they both are looking at the board together. And on that, our camera finally snaps back to the press conference. And you see the rich parents going, Our son, Abel Granfield, is a lovely boy, very talented. He loved badminton. And, and we, we just want to make sure that he's okay. And we haven't seen him since Christmas Eve. And, and, and he didn't call Christmas Day. And the mom kind of breaks down and the dad holds her and consoles her and just says, if, if anyone has any knowledge about our son, we're willing to offer a $150,000 reward cash. Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> please, if there's anything, please call 1-800-FIND-ABLE. Thank you so much. And on that, Fox Holly walks in front of, of, the, of the, the couple and says, thank you for your brave words, Mr. and Mrs. Granfield. Um, are there any questions? And all the reporters except one stand up. One in the very front row, Shadow is kind of casting down on his face as he sits there. As all these reporters jump up in this cacophony of questions like, Oh, what's going on? It's almost unintelligible what they're saying because there's so much chaos. And after about 30 seconds of this, the reporter who's been sitting down the whole time quietly puts his notepad down and stands up. And every one of the other reporters in the room stops. <laughs> and they look at this reporter and what they see is a with beautifully coiffed hair and a precise beautiful <laughs> suit that almost as the light hits it seems to have like little shades of purple in it and now that he's stood up in all of his sexy glory we see he's about 63 and one of the most pronouncing features as he's smoking a cigarette just kind of gently hanging out of his mouth we see his deep blue eyes catch the light and they drink the light that they're so dark they almost seem a little bit purple. And as the entire room sits transfixed on the single reporter, we find a badge on his lapel saying that his name is Reed Moore. And Reed Moore, what do you say to the room and the parents? Reed Moore, senior reporter with AMBS News. If your son is found dead, which will you be after, justice or revenge? <laughs> 
And after a moment, Abel's mother yells into the mic, I'll fucking kill anyone who touches my son! And Fox Holly, trying to keep everything calm, goes, Thank you, everyone! That's it for the press conference! And the room just erupts in chaos. Cameras are flashing everywhere. All the reporters now are screaming questions. And Reed, you just sit back, gloating in the chaos of the power that you hold here. And on that, our camera fades away. <laughs> And welcome back, everyone. We are here, of course, with Underground and Monster Hearts Tale, brought to you by the Fantasy Fantasia Podcast and Tall Tale Theater Collective. How is everyone doing tonight? Doing good. I'm delighted. So I'm sure that you, uh, listening to our prologue, you're thinking, oh, who is that new voice? And I am thrilled to announce that we have our third and final guest NPC of the first year of Oakhurst College. And we want to welcome the amazing, the irreplaceable, the radio <laughs> god himself, Mr. Dan McDonald. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to bring Reed Moore to this uh, this this crazy world. I'm already awesome. scared. I know. I'm scared. <laughs> You'll fit right in. I got no chance, guys. No, no. no chance. So I guess just to give the audience some context here, Dan, why don't you let us know a little bit about Reed Moore just before we before we kind of jump in and see him in action. Yeah, sure. Well, Reed Moore is, uh, he's very much a hard-hitting reporter. He's always kind of slightly has a hangover. He's always a little bit annoyed with everybody he's talking to. But he, but he needs to talk. He's a reporter. He's always looking for the answer. Everything is kind of an eye roll with him, even though he's he's saving everything that you're telling him. Uh, v- very hard to work with guy. A lot of the other reporters don't like working for him, but they're a little bit afraid of him because he has some stiff competition. Works for a very uh, prestigious news company, AMBS, and uh, he, he's he's kind of like a meaner Clark Kent minus the glasses and superpowers. Of course. Uh, <laughs> Is, is he ethical? Not necessarily. He wants to get to the bottom of the story. He cares about sensationalizing. He truly cares about getting a kick-ass story, but doesn't care what or who he has to do to get it. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So... I guess the one thing that I'm going to add just for people uh, listening at home is uh, just so you kind of have some context as to um, we, we really want to integrate Reed more into this um, episode uh, as much as we can. So uh, we've actually custom made a few moves for him. So he will have access to all the normal moves that people have, like turn somebody on, manipulate an NPC. Uh, Reed more can do all of that. But as our characters all have superpowers, Reed more doesn't quite have superpowers, but he does have some pretty cool super moves. Mm-hmm. So uh, the three main ones that he has is uh, one is called freedom of the press and we say that uh, that allows him to break into any place that he wants to get information uh, the second one is going to be called hidden, uh, Hide in Plain Sight. And that will be that Reed Moore is a master of disguise. <laughs> he has a nice. trunk full of different costumes that he can use to get closer to the scoop. And the last move that he has is called Bullshit, which is fitting that you're AMBS. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this move allows Reed to tell if someone is lying to him while they're oh. interviewing. Oh. So if Reed doesn't believe you, Reed can say, I call bullshit. And he's going to roll bullshit and what that means is you uh read and whoever you're in uh investigating will have to do a roll off oh. and you'll roll on this one either hot or cold depending on what you want to do 
So I guess without further ado, that's a lot of explaining. Let's just jump on in and see what happens, shall we? All right, bring it on. Let's go. Our camera opens on the society headquarters. Now, before I go any further, Zach, I know that you've been kind of keeping your distance from the group. So is that something you'd still like to do or are you with them now? Um, you know what? I'll say he's been kind of working privately. He doesn't want to talk to the others, but uh, he doesn't dislike the chairman, and he's uh, kind of helping him with his powers. So, uh, there you go. I love it. I love it. Okay. So, what we'll say is, um, the chairman has been more than accommodating. Honestly, the chairman didn't even ask you what the drama was. It's almost like he understood. And the chairman uh, accommodated you, Zach. You've been taking private lessons with him. Um, but the rest of the group, so the rest of the group, you have been working as a collective together, working on various kind of small tasks and things, uh, just kind of, you know, jiving as an X-Men type group, right? Mm -hmm. To see how not only your powers have developed individu individually, but now beginning to work in tandem with each other and find complementary uh, techniques and things. So as you exit out of the society headquarters after a long day of practicing, you are hit with a swarm of people as you see like swarms of people are walking with like lighters in the sky going like you know they're they're singing this little light of evil i'm gonna let it shine this little light of evil so as they're singing you notice that it seems like the whole campus has been coordinated and unleashed to find Abel. You've never seen anything like this. You've never seen all the people on campus, you know, together. Um, there's an immense number of people right now who are out. Oh my god. Iris's face goes white and she just runs back into the society. <laughs> <laughs> Evelyn just looks at Kane and Egan and she's like, what is going on out here? I don't know. I... Excuse me, excuse oh, me, uh, please. Help us! And you see a student volunteer run up with a reflective jacket and hand you a stack of papers of Abel's face saying, um, where is he? Please help us. Any sort of looking that you can do, passing these around, please help us find Abel. He needs to come home safe. Someone with a smile that beautiful shouldn't be left alone in the dark, don't okay, you think? Yeah, we get it. We'll help. Thank you. Kane's clearly, like, <laughs> very on edge because he knows what he did. Yeah, we'll, we'll pass him around. So I, I turn to uh, Evelyn and Egan and I say, well, Evelyn, I, I know you are aware, but Egan, I I don't think I told you exactly what's going on. Do you know why Abel's missing? Uh, no, <laughs> I, I don't even know who Abel is. Oh, okay. So buckle up. Uh, I'll try to make this as succinct as possible. Um, oh. Iris and I have already worked through this as a couple, so I feel comfortable telling you. And also Evelyn already knows what I did, so I want everybody to be on the same page. All and, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, he just looks definitely like, yeah, I know. Um, basically, Abel was my roommate, or not my roommate. Abel was my neighbor, and I gave Iris a ring. Because, oh, actually, as he starts thinking, he's like, this is a really long story. Okay, basically, two years from now, I'm going to be dragged to hell unless I cut out the heart of someone who I love and bury it at a crossroads. But I decided I didn't want to do that. So instead, I killed Abel and ate his heart and put a part of my soul in the ring. So that if I do get dragged to hell two years from now, maybe you guys have a chance to bring me back. But the only problem is that got, Iris got really upset, so we destroyed the ring. And Abel's still dead, and I killed him and ate his heart. And we buried him. Actually, he turns around, seeing if anybody's around. He's like, I should probably stop talking. But uh, that, that's basically what's going on. Evelyn looks at him and says, it's funny how you didn't tell the part where I told you not to do that, and then you did it. 
Oh, no, uh, the part I've left out was that Evelyn told me how to do it, so uh, she kind of enabled me. <laughs> Only no, to no tell him how dangerous and stupid it was and to make him promise me that he would not do that. I didn't think he was actually going to do that. Iris pokes her head out of the door and goes, Are they gone? Yep. So as, <laughs> yeah, it's, it seems like most of the group has moved on. Yes. Okay. Okay. And, and Egan's just, just like standing there like, what did I just hear? I know I, that's a lot. It's a lot to digest. So I will give you the time to do. I know. I know. Is this, so this is all part of your, um, your demon, uh, your, your demon, did he tell you to do this or? No, I, it was kind of behind his back. I, uh, I don't want to fulfill, I don't want to have to kill Iris so that I live two years from now. So I thought I would, I would put a part of my I soul in I would like something. to not die. Oh, oh, but we destroyed I, the ring and I know it doesn't undo what I did, but uh, that's what's going on. Not at all. Uh, you, know, okay. come, you know what? We need to be inside the society. This is, this is too dangerous to, to talk outside. Come in. On that, <laughs> you all go in. We're going to reverse, reverse. Yeah. As we record back, uh, we're going to rewind to as you've all exited fresh out of the society headquarters. <laughs> Mr. Reed Moore. Oh, no. Oh, no. Reed Moore, you are following the big crowd that is heading out into the woods to begin their search and just kind of getting various people's testimony. And your people are like, I, Abel was my best friend and I knew him ever since we were growing up. And you don't even need to roll on that. That's a complete fucking lie. You just know this person is just saying that because they want to get, they, they mostly just want to talk to you. You see a lot of people are like giving you the eyes and like, ooh, I read your magazine. You're amazing. Um, and as you're walking you hear a young woman scream and slam a door and you look to your right and you see that there's a small alcove with a red door of a group of people who are kind of like huddling whispering to each other what do you do well you know reed's looking around and he's he's kind of just eyeing up the whole scene people talking and he thinks, oh, God, I remember my post-secondary days. God, I hate students. <laughs> then he notices this crew over here. Oh, interesting. They're talking about something. What's going on? He he takes note right away. Uh, he sees Dr. Egan. He's pretty sure it's Dr. Egan speaking to uh, someone he's not entirely sure who it is. They're, they're having quite the talk. He also notices uh, a young woman. Uh... Perhaps Iris, he thought he heard someone say, running inside. She seems quite upset. Maybe he'll uh, approach and, and see if they know anything about Abel. Maybe they were his good friend. The stakes are pretty high, he thinks. $100,000 prize money? That's a lot riding on this. Wouldn't it be something if uh, I solved this case and wrote a kick-ass story as well? Perfect. I assume, Reed, that you want to, at first approach rather quietly just to see what you can gather before they see you right yes yes they clearly can't see you yet they, they've been kind of distracted amongst themselves so i'm gonna have you roll let's let's do it let's roll master of disguise you're not technically disguised but you're kind of trying to be low-key undercover okay all right yeah. master of disguise here we go first roll let's add volatile to this one because there is some movement involved in this it is a nine 
So a nine is a mixed success. So I'm going to say that undercover wise, you manage to kind of like, you know, pop your collar and, and kind of get your head low and get all sneaky and sneak behind this, this shrub that kind of overlooks the alcove. And it's hard to yeah. hear everything because of that mixed success. You can't quite get as close as you want. But what you do hear is Abel, Kill, mm -hmm. Lake, And bestie. Abel, kill, lake, and bestie are the words I hear. Oh, God. oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> and then the one thing that you do manage to hear is that, you know, the, especially, you know, knowing as much as that you do about the New England region, like you said, you would definitely be able to pick out Dr. Elizabeth Egan. She's at least yes. like semi-known amongst the staff. And, and you do hear her voice cutting through going, you know, let's not talk about this out here. Let's go inside. And they shut the door behind them and you are left alone. Pretty much. There's not a whole lot of people around you anymore. You can just hear the distant uh, um, singing from a candlelight vigil that's being held opposite in the quad. There's like 700 candles in front of this massive picture of Abel. Okay, so, you know, Reed is kind of sitting there in the bushes hiding. He ruffled his hair up to, to make it look uh, not as quaffed, so he wouldn't be as recognizable when he his clothes up. <laughs> He's sitting there taking out his notebook kind of covertly uh, just outside the bush while they're speaking. Oh, I know who she is. I recognize her as Dr. Egan. I've seen her around before. I need to talk to her. And they're talking about Abel. I heard the name. I heard Bestie. I wonder if this kid here is his Bestie. Lake. Very interesting. Wonder if they know something. Now, I thought I heard her say something about let's not talk here. They look a little bit suspicious. I'm writing this down. Abel, kill, Lake, and Bestie. Hmm, theory. One of them killed Abel and dumped him in the lake. Possibility. I feel like you pulled a little cassette tape recording device and you're kind of yes. like speaking this to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Notebook, so, cassette so tape, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Let me see. Possible theory. The kid killed Abel, dumped the body in the lake. Obviously, the doctor seems a little bit unsure about the whole thing. She seems unsettled by this. Clearly doesn't want to talk about it here. I need to talk to her poke around what the kid said and I need to figure out who this kid is and what his relationship with is with Abel. Get to know the doctor and get to know this kid, Kane. Oh, that's so good. So Reed, as you're surveying your surroundings in this alcove, you can see that the red door seems to be the only entrance slash exit in your immediate area. So is there anything that you would like to do strategically in terms to get the drop on this group? I think Reed would want to kind of do a little bit of a stakeout, see who's coming, see who's going, and the first one out when he can get them alone, he's going to want to talk to one of them, particularly Dr. E Dr. Egan, but he wants to talk to any of them, very casually approach them, you know, I didn't hear anything, I'm just getting some thoughts on the missing boy. He, I think I think Reed wants to kind of stake out and grab them as they come out. Okay, that sounds great. I love it. So, Reed, just as you find this ideal position hunching down inside a brush, you just hear, Hey, boss! And you see your assistant is running up to you. And he's got his open shirt on with some, you know, Dorito dust on it. Uh, this very distinctive neck beard that he's had for years, a backwards cap and this long flowing hair. And he looks at you and says, Okay, boss, so what's the plan? What do you want me to do? 
Larry, will you shut up? I'm onto something My here. My name's not Larry. Uh, we talked about this. Harry, whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> go get me a coffee. I'm working here. Okay, so extra large, triple, triple with three espressos. Yeah, thanks, Clark. <laughs> and he runs away, and I'll stay in the in the quiet of the evening as Reed Moore prepares his stakeout to corner Dr. Egan and company. Our camera's gonna fade away from Reed. <laughs> Our camera opens on Zach. Now, Zach, you've been away from the group for some time. However, Vice President Don Dean has asked you and Alexis if you wouldn't mind playing some music, as this is kind of equal parts vigil and search at the same time. So, at the end of the day, Alexis was like, Hey man, I feel really bad, you know, this guy's missing, and his parents are here, and uh, let's just play, you know? Plus, it, it wouldn't hurt to be in his good graces. Hey man, he still owes me a favor from playing that fucking mind-shattering, uh, uh... The time I played that music that one time. Oh, that's true, yeah, yeah, way back in the Welcome Murder Mystery arc. Yeah. <laughs> she says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eh, whatever, man. So, Zach, you're finishing your song with Alexis, and once that's done, a majority of the group decides to pick up their flashlights and other equipment and go and join the rest of the search party. So, you're left with only a few more people left who can't make the walk or the trek out into the woods. Uh, so, for now, things have kind of died down, but, Zach, you're well within eyeshot and earshot of the society you obviously know very well where that alcove is and even from where you are you hear the distinct squeaking scream of iris and a door slam but that's not the only concerning thing from across the way you can see lingering around the alcove is a figure in a beautiful purple suit and he seems to be lingering around the alcove as if he's trying to listen for something what do you do motherfucker uh not my problem, not my problem, not my problem, as he's still playing Carry On My Wayward Son. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. I'm sure it's nothing. Alexis leans over to you and goes, uh, hey, isn't that where, where you and your buddies hang out? You know, to do the magic powers thing. Yeah, first of all, they're not my buddies. Second of all, I don't give a fuck what they do. Their lives are their own because, well, let's be honest. What kind of an asshole would be willing to hypnotize somebody after they did them such a huge favor? Awful! I'm just saying, man, I'm pretty sure I just saw Reed Moore sneak into the uh, bushes way back there. My eyes are pretty good, it's not that dark, and, I mean, do you know anything about him? Like, did you read the hit piece he put out on Madonna? It was rough. Fuck, I know, man. That's him? Yeah, he made Joe, he made Joe Pesci cry. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> yeah, normally I'd say uh, I'd think he's taller, but... Holy shit, he's like a fucking beanpole. <laughs> yeah, he's got a pretty intense reputation. I'm just gonna say, I know they're not your friends, dude, but I know that you give a shit about what goes on in there, and that dude is the last motherfucker you want around, let me just say. Yeah, you're fucking right. You wanna, like, finish up the set and just, uh, you know, do sans guitar. Yeah, absolutely, Tiger. I'll take it over here, and you figure out whatever you gotta figure out over there, and hey, just, just be careful, okay? And she begins playing her drum solo... That seems to be holding, you know, what's left of the crowd's attention. So, Zach, you now have some time to slip away. You see, at this point, Reed Moore has been interrupted by some sort of uh, long-haired dude with a camera, and he shoot him away, and Reed Moore has now kind of disappeared into the shrubs, and you don't see him anymore. 
Alright, while his back is turned, Zack is going to slyly enter the, uh, the alcove where the society is located. Okay, so Zack, after about, you know, 45 days or so of estrangement, you open up the red rusty door of the society, and you see all of your former friends turn and look at you. And we're going to jump right back to the rest of the group as you've all rushed in. Mm. Iris is like shaking and she's like, I'm having trouble breathing. Is that normal when you know that someone's dead and you know about it and there's people looking for them? Because I'm having a lot of trouble it's breathing right now. guilt. <gasps> oh, Iris, you knew what Kane did. What were you, what did you expect was going to happen? Somebody was going to find out at some time. I don't know. I didn't think that far ahead. I was just kind of in the moment and thinking about other things. And You know what? Yeah, that's... That sounds about right. Mm. Oh my gosh. Hey, wait, Guys. hold on. Why is everybody attacking Iris right now, okay? You should be attacking me. I'm the one who did it. I'm the one who dragged her into this. Don't don't be throwing her shade, all right? But guys, what are we going to do? What if they start asking questions? I don't know how to lie. It hurts my heart. What do I do? Oh, God. This is Kane's mess, and, you know, if, if you're going to be with him and want to try to help him, then I guess you're going to have to lie. No. Oh, but I can't. I'm not very good at it. I can run away. <laughs> what? I mean, that's always I, an option. I, I don't know. I, I'm, just, I'm just spitballing here, man. Yo, uh, spooky squad. <laughs> and at that moment, this door flies open and you're looking at Zach. Zachary. Yeah, um, couple things. First of all, probably not good to be talking about sketchy stuff uh, right uh, at this particular moment. Because I can hear you, and if I can hear you, that means, well, um, a little birdie on the other side of the door can probably hear There's you, too. There's a bird that's listening? Wait, number one, who are you talking to? Number two, it's been 45 days since we've seen you. What the hell has been going on? Mm. Yeah, that's, you know, I was uh, doing a little bit of soul searching because, uh, well, you know, yeah, uh, I just thought, you know, uh, I really uh, need to brush up on my studies. Uh, try to read more. Smoking weed, more like it. Yeah, I just thought that I needed to uh, read more. Uh, Evelyn and uh, Egan, I want you to roll plus cold for me okay. to see if you pick up on this because yeah. you two have definitely read his work. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, so that is a 12. <laughs> I got okay. an 8. Okay, an 8. So I'll, I'm going to say that, Egan, you for sure, um, Zach, once you drop it the second time like you just did there, yes. Egan, I feel like you, you almost like see his mouth move in slow motion like <laughs> and all of a sudden, you're instantly brought back to an article that you read where he said that Jodie Foster should literally just practice the single line, would you like fries with that? Because her acting was that bad. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, like, it was, it was a bit harsh, especially because I think her performance was, was quite fine. <laughs> but some, sometimes he ventures into just shredding the artistic elite because he's read fucking more. And that's because what he does. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I kind of make that little joke about, oh yeah, he's probably smoking weed. And then, and then, um, then the second time I, I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. oh no. Ah, mm -hmm. uh, thank Isn't you. Isn't this a good Zach. thing Zach never reads? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. You guys read more from AMBS. He's right What's outside. Uh, okay. Okay. Oh. One sec. I'm just going to start playing guitar. Yeah, just uh, just do a jam session over here in my music place. Well, I should fucking, I, I should leave them. I don't want. I don't want to be confronted by him. 
So I'm going to say that, that Zach, have you decided to kind of play near the door to, to drown out the noise? Yeah, nothing like too crazy, just like um, a couple of scales. That's really cool. So uh, what I'll say, everyone sees that Zach pulls out this beautiful um, half, like this crescent moon, blue flamed guitar that he pulls out and begins to jam on it. And I'll say on the other side of the door, Reed, you can hear guitar music playing. Oh, God, that hippie music. <laughs> You're not going to be able to necessarily hear too much yet. You'll have to wait until they come up. But, but, I mean, even that, you know, to someone that established like you might might trigger something. You're like, huh, that's interesting. It's a weird place to play the guitar. Mm, yeah, very yeah, very typical. Clearly art students of some kind. <laughs> so, uh, so jump back to the group as Zach kind of starts to play to mask the discussion. Okay, okay, okay. So here's what I'm thinking. I think that maybe um, um, some of us should go somewhere and hide and until this investigation or whatever's happening is, is over because I just, I don't know. I just don't want us to get in trouble or maybe me not to be good at lying. I Iris, we're already wrapped up in this. Yeah, but maybe we could just go hide somewhere until these people are gone. Yes, I, I think Iris is correct. We, ha we have to find a place to leave. Can, is there another exit to this place? I don't even know. As soon as you say that, a, a explosion of gold dust and rainbows happens, and you're looking at Lucky O'Wobbles. Ah! I think that you are looking for a new exit, yes? Yes, yes. please. Oh, hey, okay, let's get you a good exit here. Wait, and wait, uh, he wait. goes, hmm, mm, yes? What, last, but, but if there's this person outside the door, and he seems really smart, should some of us go out the front? Yeah, man. Lie? I'm just, uh, I'm just here for, like, a little bit of a courtesy drop-in, so, uh, I'll do it. It's fine. Are you sure, Zach? I... Yeah, Thank you. Okay. Do you know, Zach, do you know if he saw any of us? Yeah, uh, it's pretty fucking obvious he saw you guys. Oh, no. If this mysterious person saw you all, you might want to at least have a few of you go outside. Oh, I, I know Iris wants to hide. Um, I can go out front too, or Egan, do you want to... Sure, I, I can go out that way and, and confront Reed more. Um... Kane and Iris, I think you should both come with me. I'll show you the back way, and maybe everyone else can and see if, if you can give him something to distract him. Judging by the distance, I'll need about five minutes. All okay. right, um, okay. Good luck, guys. This night turned into something pretty weird. Yes, well... Good luck. Hmm? Lucky stops and says, There is one uh, payment for what I will require. I am a leprechaun after all. Uh, one gold coin, please. And he looks at you, Kane, or Iris. Uh, one gold coin for passage. Like, like I don't have any gold Hold on, hold on. He kind of fishes in his pockets and he brings out his lucky coin. So, Kane, you're going to use yours? Yeah, I'll oh, use the mine. luckiest gold coins. <laughs> lucky. You know, the gold coins that Lucky gives you? Yeah, <laughs> I need those. Yeah. I suck at rolling. Yeah. So, uh, Kane, are you going to spend yours? I guess if there's a rainy day to use it, it's today. So let's do it. Mm. And he flips it in the air. Can we buy 10 more? <laughs> Sorry, all out of stock. Uh. And Kane, you flipped your coin in the air. And again, just like the others, it never comes back down. It just kind of disappears into the ether when you flip it. And Lucky goes... Excellent. It's been paid. And he holds out his hand for both of you. He goes, grab my hand, please. All right. And you grab his hand and he looks at you, um, Egan, and he goes, remember, give me five minutes. And he snaps and all three of them disappear into rainbow dust away from <laughs> the room. 
that leaves Evelyn, Egan, and Zach. And uh, what do the three of you do? Okay, so um, I turn to the two of them and say, all right, um, our cover story is we were doing a study session in here, and we'll just kind of walk out as if we're talking about material, all right? Okay. Okay. Are you on board, Zach? Yeah, whatever, man. It's all good. (laughs) If he starts questioning us about uh, the search for Abel, I think I might have something that could distract him. Wait, wait. Abel? Like, the guy that they're all searching for? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, dude, what the fuck did you guys do? Uh, we didn't do anything. <laughs> you should talk to Kane later. That's really fucking sketchy. Uh, okay. Uh, we'll we'll tell you know later. Uh, right. Yeah. <sighs> all right, and, and she kind of goes up to the door and, uh, and kind of takes a deep breath and opens it up. And she says, so when we're talking about the hemoglobin, we want to make sure that we are looking at, um, and she just kind of like, I'm not good at talking about blood. (laughs) So So we're going to cut away right then and there. So when you open the door, you all notice that it has begun to rain pretty substantially, but our camera is going to go back to Reed. So Reed, you're still waiting in the bushes at this point. And as you were waiting, uh, you listen to the rock music, not knowing you kind of weren't going to get much. You notice that it begins to to rain, covering the campus in, in this like almost spring haze as the water hits the ground and kind of muggy air. And uh, the door cracks open and you hear uh, Dr. Egan's voice talking about hemoglobin with two other students in tow. What do you do? <laughs> well kind of look around and oh for crying out loud it's got to be raining this is not going to make it any easier (laughs) but definitely wants to go up and just approach them no more hiding who he is they're going to know anyway uh he's going to want to go up and and just approach them introduce himself and start asking them some questions all right let's play that out hey guys uh uh, uh, good evening oh you probably know who i am i'm reed moore ambs news Whoa, the famous reporter dude. You're much taller than you are on... You're you're on radio? Uh, radio, newsprint, television, I kind of do the whole package. I hope you don't mind, I have a few questions. I couldn't help but noticed a few of you, there was a young woman who went running inside, I'm not sure she's still there, but a few of you were talking, I wonder if I get a few questions for you about the missing boy, uh, Abel Granfield. Oh, isn't that a horrible story? I, you know. I know, when on Christmas, jeez. What a horrible thing. Dr. Egan, I believe. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, you're a, you're a very respected doctor around the campus. Did you know Abel? Actually, I didn't. I mean, it's possible he was in my, one of my classes, but I, I, I don't have so many students, I don't memorize everyone. Um, but no, I, I wasn't acquainted with him. Um, I, the first time I saw his face, I was on this flyer here, and she holds up the flyer that they gave um, her earlier. And uh, yeah, I'm just learning about this story. They were, they were telling me in the study session I was just finishing up there. Um, but you know what? I bet, you know, this happens all the time. I hear he comes from a family of means. I bet that what he did is he took the semester's tuition and I bet he has gone on a month-long ski trip somewhere. Maybe to Aspen or to, I don't know, Lake Louise. Uh, Maybe 
he got together with uh, you know a significant other or one of his best friends and he uh, probably went somewhere just to, to have fun and spend mommy and daddy's money on a little trip. Dude, that sounds exactly like something I would do. Fuck yeah, rock on. <laughs> you see? <laughs> <laughs> who who was the fellow you were talking to a little bit earlier? He seemed very upset about the whole thing. I'm curious to know if he was a friend of Abel's. Um, can you describe him for me? <laughs> There's so many students I interact with. And I'm thinking like, is it five minutes yet? <laughs> Just shortly before you went in, I, I, I happened to see a young man speaking to you, and uh, you seemed like you were both a little bit upset, like you may have known uh, something more about Abel. I was just curious. It seems like, you know, people know a lot of people on campus. I remember being in university. We all knew each other. How about you two? Uh, do you, did you two know uh, Miss uh, Abel at all? Uh, no. Um, if he came from a family of means, he was probably staying in the treetops, and oh, no. uh, my dorm is the roots, the shithole of the campus, so we never would have interacted. Um, but if oh yeah, yeah, Abel. yeah, I mean, if there if he did go missing from campus, I blame Dean Don Dean. He's like mm. vice president of students now, and for a student to have been missing for over a month, like. How did he not notice that? And in fact, you know, I've been reporting him almost every week since school started. So if I were you, I would go check out human resources and read my reports that I've submitted. What an opportune bone to pick. Because you yes. could probably write a really good expose about him. Oh, yeah. Interesting. And what is this person's name again you mentioned I should be talking to? Dean Don Dean. He's vice president of students, I believe, now. Dean he Don Dean. He got a really unwarranted Dean. promotion. F former uh, former Dean Don Dean, now vice president Don Dean. Um, <laughs> so that's... Uh, okay, okay. Now, uh, here's what I'm going to have you do. So after all of that, Reed, do you want to use your bullshit move right now? <laughs> I was thinking about it because I kind of do think it's suspicious how no one knows, yet I, I clearly heard Kane mm. say Abel's name, heard the word bestie, so I, I think there's something that I'm not being told here. I completely agree. Um, let's yeah. let's have you roll uh, bullshit. So I'm going to need, uh, you know what, Zach, you don't have to roll because you've been kind of the most quiet right now out of the group. So I'm going to have uh, Egan and Evelyn roll plus hot, please, against Dan's plus hot. Now, Dan, I'm going to give you, Dan, I'm going to give you plus one to your roll on top of the hot. Uh, because okay. you did overhear something, so you have some information going in. Right. So I have, okay, so I got a plus three on top of that. Exactly. So I got uh, eight, I got an 11. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, I got 11 as well. I got okay. a nine. Oh. Okay, so I'm going to give the tie to Reed. Oh, um, no. Just because he's so much more experienced yeah. in this. Yeah. And Reed, I'm going to say that because you tied with Egan, you don't quite know exactly where Egan's lies begin or where they end, but something smells fishy. Okay. Because Evelyn rolled a nine, I'm going to say that her whole thing about uh, Vice President Don Dean, you see that as an obvious deflection. You don't know what for, but you know that she, like, was going on a lot, and it seemed kind of sus. Okay, gotcha. I'll, I'll, I just want to ask you one more time. You, you're positive you know nothing, or your friend who who might still be in, in that little room you got back there. <laughs> uh. 
I'd really like to talk to him because I feel like he knew him. Oh, dude. Yeah, I remember. Abel, he uh, used to go to Coffee Josh's. I play there, like, uh, twice a month. Oh, you did know him? I, I mean, in passing. Like, uh, I, I just, uh, <laughs> I know that he likes coffee and he likes good music. That's about it. Hey, look, can, can I level with you guys right now for a second? Of course. Dr. Egan, with all due respect, yes. I know you're a respected doctor here. I, I'm just curious. I did overhear you talking to that gentleman. I believe his name might be Kane. Yes. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I, I did hear you mention the name Abel. I heard something about a friend, and I, I, I know a little bit about the lake as well. So can we just cut to the chase here and talk about what's going on? talking about this this um the flyer and she holds up the flyer that's now kind of getting wet um and yeah, we were talking about this you know speculating about what could have happened yes i'm sure you heard the word lake because i think uh you know especially with kane he's probably uh getting baked right oh yes oh, oh. yes that would be true <laughs> all right now zephyr i'm gonna have you roll i'm gonna have you roll <laughs> Um, Dan, Dan, Dan's 11 is going to stay because he's just oh hyper focused right now. Oh so roll god. hot against his 11. Oh my gosh. That's not oh an 11. No. <laughs> How bad oh. is it? It's a 7. Oh not terrible. Okay, so, so a partial success. So, um,. Reed, I'll say same thing with Zach. As soon as he, he said that, you, you're able with that mixed success to pick up that he's actually telling the truth. That Abel did go to Coffee Josh's a lot. Um, but you also see that this is... You, I'm going to say collectively, you get the sense that they're trying to waste your time. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you, you, it's, it's just, you know, it's not really going anywhere and they're kind of obfuscating you. So I feel like you can kind of be like, hmm... So you didn't, did, did, did he have any enemies that you know of, Abel? Any enemies at all? You mentioned he might have been getting baked. Was he into drugs? This guy's got a lot of money riding on him here. It'd be something else if somebody did have an arrangement going on so they could make a cool hundred grand. I'm just curious to know the bigger picture here, what's going on. Mm. Shit, hundred grand? I didn't hear about that. A uh, hundred grand award from mom and dad who are here also, Dr. Egan. Big donators to this school. Very, very well known. Dr. Egan, you, you do know that to the science building, the Grandfields do donate quite a bit. Oh, man. <laughs> yes. oh. oh. In fact, you know what? Fuck it. Let's call it the Grandfield Biology Building. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I never made the connection. I'm surprised, Dr. Regan, that you didn't make the connection to who this guy is, seeing as you work in the Granfield Science you know, Building. Granfield, it's such a common name. <laughs> oh my this God. is amazing. As kind of, it seems to be that he, he's pressing you. Yes. Um, all of you are distracted by a bunch of flashing cop lights as you see um, probably about seven cop cars all rush onto the quad and kind of break and stir up all the mud. Damn. And you see a bunch of cops get out and one gets out in the head car who probably is about three feet taller than everybody else. Oh, no. oh my God. And on that, our camera fades wow. away. <laughs> oh my God, that was amazing. 
our camera opens on Iris and Kane. Now, Iris and Kane, last time we left you, Lucky popped you out of the society headquarters. You right now are in the adjacent building. They seem to, though technically look like they're a part of each other, they're not necessarily. You've been sent to this sub-basement, and what it looks like there's a lot of different storage units. There's, you see shelves that say, you know, history, biology, sociology, everything like that. This seems to be kind of the dumping ground of most of the other departments. And Lucky looks at you both and says, all right, so you want to follow the stairs all the way up, one, two, three, four, five, six flights, and I want you to go out the fourth door. Not the first, not the second, not the third. <laughs> Fuck you if you do the fifth, the fourth. <laughs> the, the, the fifth, not the, the fourth. No, wait, the fourth, not the fifth. There right. you go. You'll be exiting out with the least visualness being drawn to you. Okay. Perfect, that's what we need. Lucky, God bless you. I, I really appreciate this, man. And as you both begin to ascend the staircase, you hear him yell out, Good luck, you two! Please just be careful! And in a puff of rainbow dust, he disappears. So, Iris and Kane, you step out into the alleyway. It is nighttime, and just like the other half of your group has realized, it has begun to rain. And in the distance, you can see most of the quad is looking empty, as if most of the search groups have left. Lucky has just popped out of existence. What would you both like to do right now? Iris, I I feel like I'm going to throw up. I, I don't it's feel okay. good. It's okay, Kane. Everything is going to be just fine. We're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna figure this out. We're gonna figure this out. Iris, how is it going to be fine? Their search parties searching through the entire forest, are, and that stupid reporter guy keeps knocking on the door and fall. Like I get bad vibes from him, and they're they're gonna find him, and I'm I'm screwed. I'm gonna go to jail for life. Maybe we should let them find him. What? I don't know. I mean, maybe we should let them find him. He should go back to his family, right? I mean, we don't want to tie it to you, obviously, but which is bad, but mm, I don't know. Or maybe we have to. I made a big, big, big mistake. I, I fucked up. I, we, we gotta go. We, we, can we go back to the gravesite, actually? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm gonna just bring out my wings and uh, carry us both to the gravesite. So if you're gonna carry Kane, I'm gonna need you to roll. Sweet. Okay, what do you want me to roll for? I'm terrified. Let's have you roll. I want to have you roll dark. Let's do a dark roll. Okay, okay, okay. That's better than I thought. I thought you were gonna do cold. <laughs> Cold's um, my worst as well. Yeah, that's a nine. So Iris, as you're flying in the air, Kane, you're kind of holding on desperately at her ankles, flying <laughs> on her. And Iris is. <laughs> Iris, as you're about to pass through the clouds, you look behind you and you notice that all of a sudden the quad has become filled with many police vehicles. Oh, no. And no. you see at the head of them steps out a massive figure towering above them all. Uh, no. Very, very, you know, clearly bull steel. But you pass into the clouds. Kane, you pass about three or four seconds after Iris. And what you get to see is as bull steel leans on the hood of his car, the passenger side opens up and who gets out but a small boy in prep school uniform and green glowing eyes and he takes a seat next to Volsteel and his feet are kind of dangling from the hood of the car what the fuck shit and as the two of them disappear into the clouds our camera pans across the whole of the campus you can see its distinctive bell tower in the center of it and about 
probably two or three kilometers north is where this frozen lake lies. And it kind of pans over the forest towards the lake and we can still see from our aerial camera view the flowers, the night flowers growing out of Abel's now marked grave. And on that, our camera fades away. Undergrad, A Monster Heart's Tale, will return after a brief word from our sponsors. And now, a word from our sponsor, Antonino's Pizza. Our specialty is pizza. That's what we do. It's what we do best. We don't offer pasta. We don't offer wings. We don't offer fries. We stick to what we do best, and we believe we do it better than anyone else. The best pizza in town are your money back every penny. We have three locations, South Windsor, Tecumseh at Manning and Amy Croft, and LaSalle on Malden Road. Hi everyone, Eric your MC here, just wanting to take the time to thank you so much for all of your support. If you enjoy the show, please feel free to share with your RPG-loving friends and family, and don't forget to follow us at the Fantasy Fantasia Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, as well as subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform. If you enjoy the show and you want to hear a little more of our characters, I highly recommend that you check out our first secret arc, Leadership, that is a one-off arc featuring 11 players. And all of that can be found at www.talltaletheater.com with all of our information. You can get two of the episodes, the first one's released for free. Parts two and three can be yours for only $3, and that's over four hours of content. Thank you so much, everybody, for supporting the Fantasy Fantasia Podcast. And now, back to Undergrad, a Monster Hearts tale. So our camera jumps back to the rest of the group, uh, including Reed. So all of you, the last time that we were there, the cops were entering. And you see all the cops get out of the car and this massive cop stand up in this, uh, you know, he's, he's clearly outranking the rest of them with his fancy hat and his coat. And he turns on his loudspeaker and he goes... All right, everyone. This is Sergeant Bull Steele speaking, head of special investigations for the campus police. If you are not searching for Abel, this is a mandatory curfew. I expect all students who are not looking for the missing Abel Grandfield to be in their beds or be subject to legality. We believe that we will find Abel Grandfield dead or alive today. Most of our information points to him being in the woods within this 20-acre area. He was definitely last seen at Oakhurst College. We are also looking for a boy that he was seen with, maybe a friend or someone that he would know. We have reason to believe that they were familiar with each other. <laughs> and he turns off the loudspeaker. So I guess let's go to Reed. So Reed Moore, how would you like to react to what just transpired? I'd probably be taking notes right away. I think Reed would be eyeing up this cop saying, wow, look at this blowhard cop here. He really, uh, he, ruling with an iron fist, mental note, don't mess with this guy. But I did hear him saying, you know, he, he he's, he's his sources, he thinks he has a good chance of finding Abel Granfield. What are his sources? I'd love to talk to this guy and I'd love to ask the crew, what do you know about this copper here? 
Is this guy legit? He always talked to people like this? Uh, Dude, he, yeah. he like, tried to assault me this one time. He is a piece mm -hmm. of work. I don't even know, like, why he has his position back, to be quite frank. Mm -hmm. Yes, he's an asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Total dick. Now, he seems pretty confident we're gonna find Abel tonight in the woods. Any of you want to tell me, uh, what's up with the lake? <laughs> Something going on with the lake? idea what you're talking about with the yep, lake. I, I, I can honestly say I've never heard any incriminating evidence against any lakes whatsoever. <laughs> I've never been in the woods, so I can't tell you about any lakes. Uh, Dr. Egan, I specifically heard you talking to that fellow who I, I'm wondering if it's the same fellow who might be uh, besties with Abel that you were talking to who went into that room. Uh, I heard the word lake being mentioned. If you don't mind me asking, what were you talking about? You know, I don't remember. Um, I, 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 I thought that, uh, you know, he might have been uh, just uh, mentioning something about how the party was going to go search in the lake. We were sort of talking about the, the flyer and the, the efforts that the, our campus was doing to find Abel, but, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I was talking to Kane, yes. Um, but, uh, he had to go home, I think. I, I, I don't know. We, we were just finishing up our study group. I mean, if he was going with Iris, I think he was up to something else, if you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> and he's gonna do the, uh, the finger in the hole bit. In and out, in and out, in and out. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Don't pay attention to him. <laughs> Out of curiosity, I'm just wondering what Abel's relationship with Iris was, because she seemed a little bit flustered and upset as well. No, she was just uh, feeling very nervous about the test, and I, we were just, I was just trying to reassure her. Uh, Iris is a very sensitive person. Mm -hmm. um, she, she tends to get upset about pretty much anything. Yeah, I mean, uh, last Christmas she wanted to spread some cheer. And uh, she dragged me around, and on Christmas Eve, we uh, we built snowmen together. She just cares that if much. If she sees a flower that's wilted, yeah, I can't even describe how strongly she reacts. She must be very upset. Must be very upset about the death. E Evelyn, how did you know? How did you know Abel? I didn't know Abel at all. Um, the first time I saw him was his picture in the flyer that the uh, group that was going out to search handed us. Sari, so, with the information you have collected right now, what do you want to do? I really want to talk to Kane. <laughs> okay, you want to talk to Kane. So you know that based on the information, they claim that he is at the treetops dorm. So I'll let you do whatever you want to do with that. Sure. Well, you know, I feel like you guys know something, and I don't know why you're not telling me, but I'm going to get to the bottom of it. Trust me on that. You know I will. Where can I find this gentleman you were speaking with, uh, Dr. Egan? Kane, I believe it is. I would like to talk to him. I'd like to talk to the young woman as well. Perhaps they're together. If you could tell me where to find them, that'd be great. Almost guaranteed they're together, man. He's still doing the finger hand thing. Uh, really, ah, Zach? Yes. Can you please stop with that? Seriously, um... I think uh, Kane lives on the uh, treetops, right? He probably lives pretty close to Iris. Treetops. Her room is number uh, 3105. Mmm, treetops. Okay, and uh, one more time, I'll just ask you, and you are on record here, uh, nothing you want to tell me about the lake or anything at all. There's a lot of money riding on this guy. Yeah, dude, I'm going to come clean. If they're not at their house... 
they're totally probably fucking at that lake. I don't know, just uh, going out on a limb here. Ah, fucking students. You know, he, he has a point. <laughs> Dude, like, they'll do it anywhere. They did it in a fucking bathroom once. I mean, probably more than once, let's be real. Yeah. And that's not too shocking. I'm just going to interject there. <laughs> like a dumpster, maybe. I'd be like, ugh. But... Hey, don't knock the dumpster until you've rocked the dumpster, you know? So right now, especially Reed, if you want to... It seems like you want to go to his, his location. So I'm going to say, as soon as you're told the treetops, you know exactly where that is. Yeah, okay. Treetops. Fancy pants. <laughs> do, you, do, do you want to head over to the treetops now? I would like to go to the treetops and find them, yes. So so just as you get that information, your camera man runs back up to you. Hey, boss, here! I, I, I got you your coffee! Triple, triple with three extra espresso shots! Oh, Jesus Christ. I heard double-double, Josh. Double-double. <laughs> oh, By the way, you really gotta remember my name. We've been working together for a decade. Ken, Ken, get me my double-double. God, yes! And he runs away. And he goes to get you your double-double. <laughs> <laughs> He's never going to get his big break, that guy. <laughs> I'm going to see all of you later. I will be talking to you again. Until now, I'm off to the treetops. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, so Reed, good. you make your way over to the treetops. The group is left alone right now, watching him walk away. What do the three of you do? I think that went well. <laughs> why, why are we doing this? Why are we protecting him? Wait, did he actually, like, um, fucking... He does all the, the hand signals? Um, well, let me ask you a question for a sec. Um, mm -hmm. you haven't hung out with us or worked with us for, like, 45 days. Are you just gonna be going back to that after we're done talking, or are you going to be back with us again? Um, I don't know. Uh, how do you feel about that, Dr. Egan? Uh, fine. I mean, you're always welcome in the society. Oh, I'm welcome? You want yes, me around? Yes, of course. You want me here? In person? Knowing that I'm... I am who I am? Uh, uh, yes. What is going oh. on between you two? Nothing. Um... Nothing? No. Um... Okay, then, Zach, what are you deciding? Uh, I'm not deciding. I'm just... I just dropped in to make sure you guys were cool, but uh, apparently you got that shit covered, so... Well, yeah. You are a member of our, our team. Oh, I am. Now? Now that I'm useful to you? Now that I'm not just a punching You've bag? You've always been a member. What are you talking about? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess if we all have secrets, you know, some of us are murderous whatever the fucks, some of us are... Uh... Uh, okay. You, you know what? Fuck it. Zach, maybe you should maybe you should take a break from for a little while until you um I don't know, calm down a bit. You seem very high strung. Oh yeah. I'm very high strung. Yeah, that's great. Cut the crap and what tell me what is going on because we've got some major stuff to deal with and I don't need you two cryptically arguing with each other while we are trying to keep one of our friends from being charged with murder. Everything's got a point. <laughs> yeah, casual. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Listen. Just give me one sec. Uh, Zach's gonna um, run up uh, back on the stage, 
<laughs> just like uh, one sec. Holds out his finger. Like, one second. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Runs back to the stage. Yo, uh, Lexus. She's packing up the drum kit. Uh, yeah. I need you guys to do me a favor. Listen, convince uh, Travis and Brian to uh, to help with the search. Make sure you guys are all separate and kind of found out. You know, I need to. Uh, you know, see a wide uh, range of shit. Do you promise that we're not going to get arrested this fucking time? <laughs> well, don't do shit that's illegal and we'll probably be fine. <laughs> yeah, too sure. Bull steals out and about, so make sure that, uh, you know, Travis is well-behaved and uh, unfortunately sober. I know. I know. Shitty times. No, it's okay, Zach. Don't worry. I got it covered. And she takes out her pager, <laughs> which is in the shape of a honeycomb, <laughs> like the hive, and she pages the rest of the group, and she looks at you and says, you know what, Brian and Travis are on their way, so don't worry, Zach, we, we got it covered. You do what you have to do. And she rummages through and pulls out an oversized Abel is Missing t-shirt and throws it on and says, well, I guess I'm joining the search with this thing on, so... <laughs> Fuck. Hey, uh, you got any extra of those? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Zach, she hands you a t-shirt gun. Hell yeah. Yeah, so in your inventory, you now have a t-shirt gun with three shots. How am I going to shoot this t-shirt gun? I just can't bring myself to do that. Okay, fine, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Zach walks up to to the group again. Yup. And yeah, Zach, as you head away, the last thing you hear is Alexis beginning to join the singing of some of the search party as she disappears off away from you. And Zach, you find yourself back with the group. Okay. Yo, um, got some t-shirts. I uh, had to take care of things. So uh, what were we talking about? So are you guys done arguing? I'm done arguing. I don't know about you, Zach, but uh, you yeah. seem to have a chip on your shoulder. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Wonder why that is, Oh my eh? God, don't start again. Zach, <laughs> oh, shit. thank you for helping. We really appreciate your help. And in response to your question, uh, yes, your intuition is correct. Uh, Cain killed Abel. Fuck yeah. As the Bible says. <laughs> yeah. And that goes back to the question, why are we protecting him? Yeah, no, fuck him, right? Well, look, I mean, yes, that's, that's, uh, murder's not good, of course, but he was doing it for, he was doing it for Iris, and... But I mean, look, That still I, doesn't justify it. I, why are we protecting him? Because he's part of the team, there's something going on here, and we need him. There will be consequences for Cain in due time. But right now, we need to focus on the larger issue. So, and she kind of holds up a t-shirt, and she's kind of like, Am I supposed to wear this? What are we doing? Yeah, I mean, uh... Way I see it, we're either stuck indoors because Bull Steel's out in full fucking regalia, or uh, we join the search party. Search party it is, and she puts mm-hmm. on the t-shirt. Fine, give me a shirt. So as you're all reluctantly putting on the shirt, so I'll say that Zach, you now have one more shot because you kind of went like, doosh, doosh, you shot the the gun into their hands. They each have that, uh, so you have one more t-shirt gun <laughs> shot. So make it count. Uh, fuck yeah. Oh, uh, I. I love that I can write that down in my inventory. <laughs> T-shirt. <laughs> Only in Monster Hearts. Right, ma'am? I fucking love this game. So as you all join the last group of volunteer searchers, they seem to be going through and getting everyone, rounding up everybody who's the last ones on the campus that want to 
do the search. Our camera is going to pan away from this group. Our camera opens back up on Iris and Kane. And Iris and Kane, you two are nearing the end of your flight. You were heading to the woods north of Oakhurst. And as you begin your descent slowly, you can see that that vast lake that surrounds the area, there is a collection of boats on the far opposite side, beginning to break up the ice, presumably to begin their search in the water. Even past them, deep in the woods, you can see some flashes from flashlights of presumably some of the first party members of the search party to arrive there. And as you two descend onto the ground and you have this time alone, you two look on the flower-covered area of Abel's final resting place, the makeshift final resting place that you made together. So as you two have this moment alone and the rain and the fog surrounding you, what would you both like to do? Cain just slowly approaches the flowers and after a moment of standing there staring at them, he just kind of drops to his knees and is wallowing, I guess would be the best word, as he just stares down and he just says out loud, I am so sorry, Abel. Iris, what have I done? She uh, kneels next to him and just look, turns and looks at him and says, Something not good, King, but there's no changing it now. We can only just do what we can to make the situation as best as it can be. He was actually my first friend, literally on campus. He was the first friend I had, and I fucking killed him. I'm sorry that you have to deal with this, that you have to deal with me, but I'm really, really thankful that you've stuck with me through this. And that even when I'm probably about to go to jail for life, you're, you're, you're still here supporting me. So thank you. Yeah, there's, there's good in you. And we're putting you on a better path, which is better than just leaving you where you were stuck with your bestie. Well, you still are, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, Iris kind of turns and looks around. Eric, you said that people aren't nearby, but they're pretty, they're getting closer, right? Yeah, so you've noticed while you've been here, the boats have gotten increasingly closer. Some of the cracks in the ice have begun to resonate even up to the shores of where you're at. So based on where they are and how they're sweeping and being thorough, I'd say you probably have about five minutes until they are on you just by their search alone. So that's your timing, roughly. Okay. How do you want to do this? Um, we need to get them to realize that he's here, but hopefully not... Kane, I don't want you to go to jail. I know that's selfish, but I don't want you to go to jail. Let's let's make some noise and call him over here. I uh And he just kinda takes a big lungful of breath <laughs> and he goes Yeah 
and just kind of like screams <laughs> and he's like takes off his jacket and starts whirling it around like a maniac and <laughs> just like yelling and like throwing it in the air trying to like catch their eyes and ears <laughs> if possible as, as he's doing that eric can i um can iris like touch the dirt and um i don't know if i can do this like <laughs> roll dark or use uh, this isn't a move but just do something to make the dirt seem more disturbed and new i don't know if that's okay to do like something just to draw attention to like the fresh flowers and like like newly turned dirt i don't know yeah you essentially don't want them to miss it is what you're saying like, yeah i don't want avery's screams to go to nothing <laughs> yeah no i'm not even gonna make you roll for that it's really not that much to do and you're already really working on you know your abilities with the chairman and mm -hmm. things have come a long way since the beginning iris so you kind of put your fingers into the soil and you just see that um the markings become much more clear okay That's yeah yeah, yeah. and after that happens, Kane, you've been swinging your jacket, making all sorts of noise. You see that the searchlights begin to go over in your direction and you hear like whistles and people going, it's there, it's over there. And I, you swear that you can even hear somebody call Bull Steel, tell the sergeant we have something. Um, Iris runs over and grabs Kane's arm and just says, okay, we gotta go, we gotta go. Come on. Yeah, I don't like the sound of Bull Steel. I, I'm, I'm panicking. Mm -hmm. we, we should go, we should go. Let fate decide, let fate decide. <laughs> Let me decide! And she just brings out her wings again. And Ira says, you and Kane fly away again as you can visibly see many of the ships now are making a beeline towards the sound that you made and the flower-covered area of Abel's resting place. As you fly away, Kane, I'm gonna slap you with a condition. And I'm going to pull two strings on you, oh. and Kane, as you're lifting oh, off, no. I'm going to pull two to make sure that it's thoroughly uh, done. So that will mean that you have two more strings from your dark power, if I believe. Okay. And Kane, as your feet touch the ground, you just get an image in your head, just a flash of your bestie. And he's got this giant smile on his face with these all green glowing eyes laughing at you. And Kane, the two strings that I'm going to pull, it's going to give you a condition. And I'm going to use the second one basically just to solidify how serious Fuck, the condition okay. is. The condition is going to be distracted. And by distracted, Kane, what I mean is when you were making sound to do your, you know, act of essentially self-sacrifice to let everyone know where Abel is and you and Iris flew away. What you didn't notice, Kane, is your wallet <gasps> fell out. Of oh, your jacket. Oh, <laughs> no. well, uh, yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> no. Well, it's been fun, Avery. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and as you two take no. off into the sky, our camera kind of holds up to see you two take off, <sighs> and it very slowly turns back down onto the rainy mud. And we see gently getting covered in rain and seeping into the mud ever so slowly is Kane's wallet. And on that, our camera fades away.
Hey there. Thanks for listening. Tall Tale Theatre Collective is proud to announce that we are expanding our podcast network to now feature two programs. We will continue to present our horror series, Night Terrors. Welcome to a world of thrills, threats, and terrors. Night Terrors is an anthology radio play podcast that will bring you face-to-face with your nightmares. Come listen, if you dare. Introducing our newest program, Fantasy Fantasia, which includes two RPG podcast campaigns. The first is Dungeons & Dragons, Legend of the Silver Flame. Experience laughs, suspense, and triumph with a motley crew of adventurers who could be the last hope against great evil long thought to be vanquished. The second is Monster Hearts Undergrad. Follow the tale of romance, mystery, desire, and murder as an unlikely bunch of mostly pubescent monsters navigate their social, academic, and supernatural lives at Oakhurst College. Listeners even get the chance to weigh in on the action of both campaigns. For more, visit our website at www.talltaletheater.com. Tall Tale Theater Collective. Grow with us.